City of Hope, named by U.S. News and World Report as one of the top cancer hospitals in the country for the 11th year, brings you City of Hope Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. If you've ever tried to quit smoking, you know how really hard that can be. Or if you have a loved one that smokes, you know how hard it is to try and get them to quit. My guest today is Dr. Brian Type. He's the Director of Pulmonary Rehabilitation and Smoking Cessation at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Type. Tell us a little bit about what is tobacco dependency. Well, Melanie, uh, tobacco dependency is nicotine addiction. It's a disease of the brain that causes its victim to ingest over 7,000 toxic chemicals into its body over 200 times a day and find it to be a pleasurable experience. Wow, that's quite a statement to make. So it is our brains telling us this. Why does that happen? Well, actually, nicotine exposure... Uh, actually starts starts you into thinking about getting nicotine. In other words, it changes your brain, and it changes your brain for good. It develops what we call a groove in your brain in which you sort of fall into that groove when you have been deprived of nicotine for any period of time. So, so it's definitely an addiction, a very strong addiction, and it's very difficult to quit smoking, but it's certainly doable. So it is so hard to quit smoking. What is the first thing, your best piece of advice for people who want to quit smoking because there's medications on the market now, there's patches, and there's all kinds of things and aids to help you quit smoking, but they don't all seem to work for everybody? Well, that's true, and everybody's an individual, but it does take a degree of motivation and willpower. And, it, it, and, it, and willpower just doesn't carry the day alone. In fact, if you try to quit by willpower alone, uh, each time you try to quit by willpower, it, it's about a 3 to 5% success rate. But it does take passion and commitment. But we do have medications to, uh, to uh, either slow or stop the withdrawal symptoms. And they include varenicline, which is known as Shantix, uh, bupropion, which is known as Zyban, and then the nicotine replacement therapies. And um, in nicotine replacement therapies, you can think of the model as like asthma. When you're treating asthma, you try to control the inflammation uh, at, with long-term controller medications. They're usually involved in an inhaled steroid. Well, in the case of uh, tobacco cessation, uh, one example would be using the nicotine patch as the controller medication, and then for breakthrough symptoms, then you use the gum or the lozenge or the inhaler. But the main thing is to, to, to work through this, to utilize the medication, because the medication can help control the withdrawal symptoms. It's very easy to continue to smoke. It's very difficult to quit smoking because of the withdrawal symptoms. So the medication is essential in controlling the withdrawal symptoms. But for each person, uh, we have to find not only the medication, but the proper dosage to make it work. And I tell so my patients, don't struggle. We're there for you. We'll struggle along with you, but don't struggle. We'll do the struggling. And if you should relapse, don't give up. Come back to us. You're only one step closer to actual success. So with Chantrix and Wellbutrin and all these different things on the market, as you say, they help control that nicotine addiction, but the behavior 
the standing in the garage to have a cigarette, the need for your fingers to hold something, that feeling of whether it's relaxation or whatever it does to your brain that makes you want to quit smoking, how do you then deal with the behaviors if you're then also trying to deal with that addiction? Well, as part of the success is not only the medication, but also uh, with uh, with programs like our program. Uh, we have a, a program uh, at the Beller Center at City of Hope, and uh, it's a support program. And so what we do is we get together with patients, let them know exactly what nicotine addiction is. And it's not a casual uh, effort to try to quit smoking. And then we come up with uh, uh, strategies to break the, the the habit pattern. And the habit is the way the brain uh, gets its nicotine. The brain is always looking for its nicotine. And and the reason for that is that the brain needs nicotine in order to release dopamine and some other chemicals that make you feel good, make you feel centered, uh, make things okay. Okay, and so, so we deal with the we deal with the uh, the behavioral patterns of things. For example, a lot of people need their first cigarette in the morning uh, with their first cup of coffee. Well, the brain has linked a cup of coffee with a cigarette. So when you uh, grab a cup of coffee, you don't have to think about it. It's a, it's a habit pattern, and it's, a, it's in the habit section of the brain that says, okay, grab your cigarette as well. And so we break that habit pattern by taking the first cup of coffee at a place where you can't smoke. In California, we have almost every place you go out, you can't smoke. Well, it certainly is becoming, you know, less and less as people, you know, can't smoke near doorways. And, you know, it certainly is not something that people want to smell when they walk into a restaurant. So people aren't able to do it out in the open quite as much as they used to, which does make them feel like a bit of a pariah. So besides medications and behavioral therapy, some people are switching to e-cigarettes because they think this vapor is less harmful but it's still got that behavior factor, doesn't it? Yeah. In fact, the behavior factor is, is kind of reassuring. E-cigarettes were invented back in the 1960s by a, a Chinese inventor named Han Lick, uh, but they didn't become popular until the uh, 2000s. And uh, they're considered to be safer than, than tobacco cigarettes because there's no combustion, but we really don't know that, they're, that they are any safer. And certainly, they're not absolutely safe. Uh, now, patients take to it. There's a, there's a vibrant uh, vape support system. Uh, people have their vape support groups that, that actually encourage them to, to utilize this substance. And all these vape shops are, are cropping up all over the place, including near schools. In fact, probably on purpose near schools. Now, it's considered by some people in smoking cessation as harm reduction. Get the patient on an e-cigarette and then get them on nicotine replacement or varenicline. And it, it, it tends to be tactile, just like a cigarette in a way. And uh, that's the psychosocial part of the addiction. So uh, on the positive side, it, it is kind of like smoking a cigarette, but, uh, but not getting all the 7,000 toxic chemicals that are involved in cigarettes. And then there is some uh, evidence that e-cigarettes may be able to help patients quit smoking. But when you dig deeper, a lot of those patients 
not only uh, smoke e-cigarettes or vape e-cigarettes, but actually uh, smoke their regular cigarettes as well. They're, for, they're inexpensive, they're accessible. Now, e-cigarettes contain uh, a liquid uh, which sometimes contains, not always, but sometimes contains nicotine, but it contains propylene glycol, nicotine, tobacco essence, uh, vegetable, uh, glycerin, uh, and various different flavorants. But some of the flavorants and some of the chemicals in e-cigarettes are known to be harmful, such as nitrosamines, which can be cancer-producing. And there, there are other uh, chemicals. There is a flavoring called diacetyl, which can cause bronchiolitis obliterans, sometimes known as popcorn lung. So they're not absolutely safe. And the safest part of the uh, chemicals are supposed to be uh, pure and crystalline. In other words, absolutely clear, like water, like glycerin, like propylene glycol. But if you take a look at the e-cigarette fluid, it's a, sort of a brownish fluid. And do you really want to heat up that fluid and, in, and inhale it? And then it? inhale it into really your lungs. It? If you look at it, it does make it a little bit tougher. Now, we don't have a lot of time, but why is weight gain associated with smoking cessation? What can people do to prevent that? What people can do to prevent weight gain is to recognize that it is common. It doesn't happen to everybody, uh, everybody who quits smoking. In fact, some people actually lose weight in that process, but I won't say that they're in the majority at all. But uh, weight gain is common because uh, uh, nicotine is, is helpful in controlling weight um, for some people, again. So uh, if, you, if you take that away, then uh, they replace everything with food. They, they, withdrawal symptoms uh, include all kinds of anxiety and and uh, and depression and, uh, and and symptoms that are reversible sometimes by having comfort foods. So it's very common to to gain weight. Uh, best thing to do is to start a walking program, an exercise program that includes a walking program, which also, uh, if you do it enough, uh, it, it actually can produce some of the chemicals that you rely on uh, in cigarettes. What certainly can, and in just the last minute, Dr. Type, if you would, give your best advice for people that want to quit smoking and what you want them to know, what you want them to do first, their first decision, and to help them make that decision, what they should do first, and why they should consider coming to City of Hope for their smoking cessation. Okay. Uh, again, it takes commitment and passion. Realize that it can be done and it should be done. If a person is getting cancer treatment, it helps to quit smoking in order to, uh, for the cancer treatment to be more effective and enable certain surgeries for, like, uh, for example, like reconstruction surgery to actually take place because they won't have the opportunity for those uh, surgeries if they're still taking nicotine. And we don't nic use nicotine replacement for those patients uh, either. Uh, and then realize uh, that you do have to take medication that we're there for them, we have a support group, and we have some wonderful people. I'm talking about uh, not only uh, people to help patients, but the patients themselves who are helping each other and helping us help other patients. So it's, so it's, it's good to have good support. And, uh, we come, and we come about strategizing. We know that withdrawal symptoms can be overcome. Chances of success are better if you take the medication and if you have support. 
and uh, that's in sort of in a dose-dependent fashion. And it's not your fault for having smoked. Uh, it's an addiction. Treat it as an addiction. It's a disease of the brain, and it's going to be a relapsing disease of the brain. So be aware of that. Work on it, and uh, we're there to help. That is absolutely great advice and so beautifully put. Thank you so much, Dr. Type. And for more information on smoking cessation at City of Hope, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. This is Melanie Cole, and thanks so much for listening.